Good morning. Welcome to Bethany Lutheran here in Warren, Oregon on All Saints Sunday. This is a time when the Lutheran Church remembers the saints that have gone before us as well as appreciating the saints among us. Today I'm preaching on the ninth chapter of Hebrews verses 24 through 28. For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made by human hands, a mere copy of the true one, but he entered into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it to offer himself again and again as the high priest enters the holy place year after year with blood that is not his own, for then he would have had to suffer again and again since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the age to remove sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for mortals to die once, and after that the judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In 1935, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, German Lutheran minister and theologian, was the head of a small seminary for the Confessing Church in Finkenwald, Germany. On the altar in that chapel was the single word hapax, which means once. Forms of that word appear several times in the book of Hebrews to assert the absolute significance of Jesus' death. You see, all reality was changed in the moment of Christ's death. All the rest of human history was made relative to that event. Our text for today speaks of the high priest entering the most holy place year after year to offer blood sacrifices. To understand what this means, we need to go back to the time of King Solomon who built the original temple in Jerusalem as a place for God to reside. This temple was an update of the Exodus tabernacle. We find a description in the 8th and ninth chapters of Hebrews, as well as the accounts in great detail in the Old Testament in 2 Kings and 2 Chronicles. There were the outer courts, the holy place, and the holy of holies, also called the most holy place. A thick curtain separated the holy place from the most holy place, where the Ark of the Covenant was placed and where God's presence could be found. This thick curtain basically shielded a holy God from sinful man. 
Whoever entered into the Holy of Holies was entering into the very presence of God. As we're told in Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 13, God's eyes are too pure to look on evil and he can tolerate no sin. The priests came and went from the outer courts and the holy place. However, anyone except the high priest who entered the Holy of Holies would die. Even the high priest, God's chosen mediator with his people, could only pass through the veil and enter into the sacred dwelling once a year on the Day of Atonement, the holiest day of the year. Later, this day came to be called Yom Kippur. He had to be found blameless or consecrated before the Lord. So he underwent meticulous preparations for the Day of Atonement. He had to ceremonially wash himself seven times. He would stay up all night the night before to meditate on the scriptures, put on special clothing, bring burning incense to let the smoke cover his eyes from a direct view of God, and bring blood with him to make atonement for sins. Only blood can atone for sin since the penalty of sin is death. If a person wanted to redeem their life, their blood, they could offer an unblemished sheep, goat, or bull. The animal would be slaughtered and the blood poured on the mercy seat. On a holy festival day, as many as 1.2 million animals might die on the spot. On the day that the high priest entered with the bull's and the goat's blood to sprinkle on the mercy seat, he was offering the blood sacrifice and the people were waiting anxiously outside. You see, if the sacrifice was unacceptable, the high priest might die on the spot. In fact, before the priest went into the Holy of Holies, a cord was tied around his waist and gold bells were attached. If the priest entered in, not being fully consecrated to God, he would be struck dead and the other priests would use the cord to pull the body out. As you can see, in order to meet with God, the high priest, God's mediator, would have to be very careful to be found spotless. I cannot help but wonder how we came to the place that when we enter God's presence, we goof off, talk through the worship, check our phones, drink and snack, and think nothing of it. So where is our Holy of Holies? How is it that we all gather together to meet in God's presence each Sunday? Why do we not offer blood sacrifices or any sacrifice? For too many of us, even our money offerings are not a sacrificial offering. It's just what's left over out of the budget. The answer is one word, Christ. Under the old plan, the sacrifice was never complete. People sinned. The high priest had to cleanse himself, and then he offered the blood sacrifices for the redemption of the rest of the people. But by the time he exited the building, 
Someone had already sinned again, and more redemption was needed. It was never complete. God wanted no one left behind, so he sent his holy son Jesus to appear in the flesh, live among us, and take on our sins. Verse 26 says, But now he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Earlier in chapter 9, it says, When Christ came as high priest of the good things that were already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not man-made, that is to say, not part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean to sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? After his appearance in the flesh, Jesus appeared in heaven. The high priest would go before God in the holy places made with hands to present the blood of the sacrifices on behalf of the congregation. However, verse 24 tells us, For Christ did not enter a man-made sanctuary that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself now to appear for us in God's presence. He stands as the representative of his church. The wonderful truth here is that Jesus' entrance into the heavenly sanctuary means that we enter there with him. Romans 6 reminds us, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we have been united with him in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. Lastly, we're told Christ will appear at the end of time, that is, at the second coming. Just as the high priest would return to the people to bring them cleansing, Jesus will return to take us into his eternal presence. Verse 28, So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 11 through 14 tells us, Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool because by one sacrifice, he has been made perfect forever 
and he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Note the three words or phrases that characterize Christ's sacrifice. Single, for all time, he sat down. His offering, his one offering, is enough for sin. And not only for single sin, but for sin through all time, past, present, and future. Then we have the image of Jesus seated at God's right hand. You only sit down when all the work is done. The servant always stands ready to do more, but the son has done it all in the offering of himself, and he sits. The sacrifice and resurrection of the Lamb of God are being celebrated in heaven. As recorded in the book of Revelation, the apostle John was given a glimpse of this celebration. Then I saw between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders a lamb standing as if it had been slaughtered, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of the one who was seated on the throne. When he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell before the lamb each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. They sing a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open the seals, for you were slaughtered, and by your blood you ransomed for God saints from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests serving our God and they will reign on earth. On this All Saints Sunday, we celebrate with the saints beside us and with the saints who've gone before us what Jesus has done, is doing, and will do for us in order to bring about our sanctification, that is, to be set apart by God's grace alone for his holy purposes. And we, the sanctified, will join the hosts arrayed in white in singing praises to the sacrificial lamb who reigns. Thanks be to the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, once and for all. Amen.